Matthew 8, 23, I want to read this verse once again. Now, when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, and the boat was covered with waves. But he was asleep. So here we see the disciples. They are following the Lord. And the Lord enters the boat. The Lord, who knew everything, chose to go by sea rather than to go over the land. Um, perhaps he wanted his disciples to learn a lesson. Perhaps he wanted their faith to be strengthened. However, we note he clearly said, let us go to the other side. When a believer faces a storm, when a believer is following Jesus Christ, there is often the thought, I'm doing what the Lord has commanded me to do. I'm following him closely. There'll be no danger. Everything's going to be fine. I, I'll face no difficulty. I'll face no problems. But let us understand that following Christ does not exempt his servants from storms. Here we see the 12 disciples. They are obeying what the Lord has told them to do. They are daily attending to the Lord's work, to ministry. They doers of the word. They daily testifying the, the, the word of God. They believe in Jesus Christ. They love Jesus Christ. And they are not ashamed of the gospel. Yet, we see these men in trouble, tossed up and down by the most severe storm that they had ever experienced in their lives. This wasn't an ordinary storm. The waves were crashing into the boat, over the boat, filling the boat with water. These were experienced sailors. They had grown up on the sea. They knew the sea, but now they are facing something of greater proportions than they've ever seen. The, uh, the fishermen are terrified. In other words, they've never seen something like this. The tossing ship or the, the ship in the storm has been accepted in all ages as a type of the church in seasons of trial. I'm sure that all of us, every one of us, at one time or another, we've experienced a storm in our life, even a severe storm, a storm that brought us to our wit's end. We may have never been on the actual sea on a boat, but we have experienced storms in our personal lives that have swamped us. And as a Christian, we shouldn't expect everything smooth in our journey to heaven. We mustn't count it a strange thing that we have to endure sickness or losses or bereavements or disappointments, just like other men. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 10 and verse 30 I'll read it to you. 
But you shall receive an hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. So we have never been promised an affliction-free life. Let everyone that is fearful and faint-hearted in Christ's service look to this promise. Let us who are suffering with difficulties and tribulations for Christ's sake take courage from this promise and read and, and drink of it deeply. To all of us that make sacrifices in obedience to the gospel, Jesus promises an hundredfold now in this time. So they shall not only have pardon and glory in the world to come, they shall have even now upon this earth hopes and joys and sensible comforts sufficient to make up for all that we lose. Sensible comforts. Let us move on. They shall find in a communion of the saints new friends, new relations, new companions. Companions that are more loving, more faithful, and more valuable than the companions that they had before. Their introduction into the family of God will completely make up for the exclusion from the circle of old worldly friends. So you say, well, people are laughing at me because I'm a Christian and they're making fun of me and they don't want to know me anymore. But God will give you a new family. He will give you a family that is rich and deep and a meaningful relationship and you will have fellowship around the Lord Jesus Christ. There will be a strong bond of love. There will be people that will pray for you, people that will lift you up in prayer. This eternal life that Jesus promises us is worth a hundred times more, a million times more than anything that this world has to offer. He will give us new friendships, new relationships. Just a note, we shouldn't think that our old worldly friends need to be um, thrown aside. We continue showing godly warmth to our old worldly, worldly friends. We remember them in prayer. And we pray that they too would find the comfort that we have found. We pray that they would come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. To all who make sacrifices in obedience to the gospel, Jesus promises eternal life in the world to come. As soon as we put off this earthly tabernacle, we will enter into a glorious existence and uh, on that day of resurrection, we will receive such honor and such joy that it surpasses all human understanding. Our light afflictions that we experience in these few years 
shall end with an everlasting reward. All our struggles, all our sorrows, while we are in this earthly body, shall be exchanged for perfect rest, for a conqueror's crown. We shall dwell in a world where there's no death. We shall be with him where there is no sin, no devil, no cares, no weeping. The former things will be passed away. God has said it, and we shall find it true. Who can say, in the light of these glorious promises, that there's no encouragement to serve the Lord? There is great encouragement to serve the Lord. If there's a man or a woman whose hands are beginning to hang down, whose knees are beginning to buckle in the Christian race, let us ponder this passage and take fresh courage. The time on earth is short. The end is sure. Heaviness may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Let us wait patiently for the Lord. Even although we gain so much from serving and believing in Christ, don't forget, for unto us is given not only to believe in Christ, but also to suffer for his name. The disciples followed Jesus into the boat. Uh, we read that Jesus was asleep with his head on a pillow in the back of the boat. Jesus, um, the, the commentaries say, this shows his humanity, that Jesus, 100% God, but also 100% human. It shows the true hum humanity of Jesus Christ. He had been busy laboring. He had been busy preaching. He was tired, and he was now fast asleep. And this troubled the disciples because of the storm. Here is a storm. The waves are crashing into the boat, and Jesus is fast asleep. And it's very possible that the disciples thought that did Jesus lack discernment? Didn't he know what was going on? Didn't he know that the boat was filling up with water? Didn't he care? You know, when we are facing a life-threatening storm, when we are at our wit's end, sometimes we think, Lord, don't you know? Don't you see what we are going through? Lord, why do you seem so quiet? The disciples thought because Jesus was asleep that he wasn't going to do anything. Their thinking was, if we wake Jesus, we can explain to him the danger, he can see the danger, and he can do something to help. Don't we often think when Jesus is quiet, Lord, do you really understand? Remember the words of the Lord. Even when he seems silent, his word has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you always. And they cried out. They cried out, Master, Master, we are perishing. You and I, when we are facing difficulties, when we are facing storms, when storms bring us to our wit's end, the way that we have our fears silenced, 
is to bring them to the Lord and lay them before him. The disciples were worried. They were fearful. But the Lord was not worried. He was not fearful. He was calm and he was peaceful. He knew that he had to finish the work that the Father had sent him from heaven to earth to do. He knew that the Lord, his Father, would keep him. Christ could have very easily prevented that storm. He could have ordered a safe and a smooth passage for them. But that wouldn't have been so much for his glory. That wouldn't have been so much for the strengthening of their faith when they saw the Lord calm the storm. And not only just calm the storm, but calm the storm instantly. The storm was for their sakes. Think how many saw that miracle. Because the Bible says they got into the boat or into the ship with Jesus and there were many other little ships as well. And they also saw this great miracle. They also saw the Lord stand up and rebuke the wind and the waves. And they saw the great calm that instantly came. That never happened. They'd never seen that before. Normally storms take a long time to go away. But now this storm instantly went. Jesus is the captain of the sea. And although there is a storm upon the sea, when Jesus is, is on the sea, there is joy and there is calm. There is peace in the storm. Let us make Jesus our anchor, our rudder, our lighthouse, our lifeboat, our harbor. His church and his people are his flagship. Let us always follow in his wake. Watch for his signals. Steer by his word and never fear because he's always within our call. He's always a prayer away. Not one ship in the convoy shall suffer a wreck. The great captain will steer everyone to the desired destination. In seasons of severe trial, the Christian has nothing on earth that he can trust. And therefore, we are compelled to cast ourselves wholly upon Christ Jesus. Trust in him. When, the, when, when his boat is filling with crashing waves and no human deliverance can be seen, he must simply or she must simply entirely trust themselves to the providence and to the care of God. The commentators say that it's a happy storm. Who ever thought that there can be a happy storm? A happy storm that drives a man to the rock of Christ. Oh, blessed wind and blessed waves that drive the soul to God and to God alone. When we are burdened with troubles 
that are so pressing and so heavy that we cannot tell them to anyone and only to God. Be thankful for them. Yes, thankful. We will learn more of our Lord in this time than any other time. I've heard some people say, all I have is the Lord to help me. I don't have anyone else to help me. Only the Lord. Well, is that so bad? Is there anything that could be better than the Lord who is our helper? No, we have God. But woe to them that go down to Egypt for help. Woe to them that put their trust in horses and chariots because they are many or in horsemen because they are strong. But as for us, we will look unto the Holy One of Israel. We will trust the Lord. He is trustworthy. Now that you have only God to trust, see that you trust and put your full confidence in him. In Matthew 8 and verse 26, he said unto them, Why are you so fearful, you of little faith? Then he arose and he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was great calm. Don't dishonor your master by unworthy doubts and fears. Be strong in faith. And give glory to God. Be strong and very courageous. And the Lord your God, as certainly as he has made the heavens and the earth, will glorify himself in our weakness and magnify his might in the midst of our distress. The Lord is so wise. He first spoke to the disciples. Actually, the disciples were a harder problem for the Lord than the storm was. He spoke to his people and he said, Why are you so fearful? They had no reason to doubt the Lord. The Lord was in the boat with them. They had no reason for unbelief. Why then was there little faith? When such a great God was in the boat with them. It is well that they had faith, but it is not good that they had little faith. Next, the Lord spoke to the great storm and a great calm came. It was more than enough. The men marveled, but the men marveled. And they said, what manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? So in the storm, these disciples had walked with the Lord, but they didn't really know him yet. They now learned something new. They learned that the Lord was divine, that he had power over nature they learned something more of the Lord. Trials and troubles that come to us serve to teach us and show us something more of God's tremendous care for his people. They that go down to the sea in ships, 
They that do business in great waters see the works of the Lord. They see his wonders in the deep. Some Christians are thankful for their quiet and serene life, but they never see much of Jesus like other disciples do that go down to the sea. You must go down to the sea if you are going to cry out, What manner of man is this? The men marveled, even although they were seasoned sailors, they'd never seen such a violent storm instantly calm down. They realized that it was the Lord's doing. It was marvelous in their eyes. They admired the Lord, so mighty, so powerful. Even the wind and the waves obeyed him. The disciples came to know something of the divinity of Christ, the one who had power over nature. There are some, I read this, this has really blessed me. There are some people that claim and pretend to have power to heal diseases, but only the Lord commanded the wind and the waves. Only the Lord walked on the water. He that bringeth forth the wind out of his treasury, he that gathers the wind in his fists, if he can do this, he can do anything. That's what real power is. The Lord has power. He can keep the wind in his fists. He can let it go. He can do anything. Surely I can take courage and confidence and comfort in the Lord. If he's able to do that, he's able to do anything. It is in these various afflictions that I face that I come to know just how mighty the Lord is. I read that, would the Lord withhold trials from you? No, he brings trials because he loves us too much. He wants to show us his great care, his great delivering power. My trust gets stronger and stronger as I see him calm more and more storms in my life. I don't try and work it out. I don't try and fathom it in my mind. Rather, I just bow my knee and I worship him. And instead of trying to work it out, I have begun to worship. I've begun to praise him. I began to say how magnificent the Lord is in these terrible storms. How easily he calms the storm of my soul. I'm thankful that even today the wind and the waves still obey the Lord. Wind and waves will not spare us. But know this, all storms obey the Master. Faith in him brings a calm, a calm within and a calm without. Believe in his love. Cast yourself upon his grace. Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. And then Jesus said to the father who had a son with a dumb spirit, he said all things are possible to him that believes. Oh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. All these storms that we face, 
we will worship and thank him that he has revealed more of his saving power to us. Amen and amen.